Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Mr. Podcast with Claude and Justin. This is Dexter Podcast number five. We're covering episodes 509, Teenage Wasteland, and 510 in the beginning. So uh, I'll start with a uh, little recap of the episode, the big plot lines, and uh, then we'll we'll get into our uh, reactions here. So Teenage Wasteland um, picks up uh, from uh, Jordan Chase being investigate, uh, invested in helping uh, Dexter uh, with his motivational stuff, uh, Maria painting the Santa Muerte screw up on Deb, and Manson sort of getting a, 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 a promotion, Liddy finding out, uh, that's RoboCop, by the way, finally remembering his name. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Yeah. Uh, Liddy finding out about Lumen and Dexter, then Dexter and Lumen killing Cole, then Dexter and Lumen uh, realizing that Jordan Chase is involved. So the episode uh, starts with uh, Dexter working out with Jordan, and he sees that Jordan carries his uh, vial of blood around, and he tries to get a sample of that. Um, Aster and her friend Olivia break into Dexter's house, scaring Lumen. Uh, Harry appears to Dexter and tells him uh, to send Aster to send Aster and Olivia back home. Uh, then you know Aster gives Dexter crap about bringing in a new quote tenant so soon. Um, Aster and Olivia end up missing when a white van is seen around their house. Police find the man's driver. It turns out to be Olivia's mom's boyfriend Barry. Uh, the girls who people, everyone thought was sort of abducted end up they end up finding them. Uh, at the mall somewhere, uh, caught shoplifting. Deb meets Lumen, and uh, Dexter insists she's just a tenant. Uh, Dexter has a heart-to-heart with Aster, you know, that whole relationship. Uh, Lumen finds that uh, Olivia uh, is being abused by, uh, by Barry uh, and tells Dexter. Uh, Dexter meets up with Barry and then threatens him and makes him leave town. Harry appears to Dexter and tells him he's proud of him. Uh, Dexter drops Olivia off at home and uh, and then has another talk with, with Aster and kind of sort of reiterates what Harry told him, that he's proud of her. <clears throat> uh, the next part is uh, Aster uh, asks Lumen, uh, asks, sorry, asks Dexter if Lumen is his girlfriend. He says it's just, uh, she's just a friend until next episode. <laughs> Aster asks if, uh, if it makes Dexter feel better to help Lumen, and Dexter tells Aster he loves her. Back at the office, Dexter finds the identity of the blood that he took from Jordan's vial. It's Emily Cole, who uh, a woman who's still alive. Birch. Jordan calls. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Emily Birch. Oh, yeah, right, Cole. Uh, Jordan calls Dexter, Dexter's house, and talks to Lumen, and uh, he makes it clear he knows what's going on. So that's the end of Teenage Wasteland. Um, oh, sorry. The other the other part of that storyline is is getting the getting the case reopened. We find Batista's report back dead, but it didn't matter. Uh, Deb gets into filing duty and uh, discovers more evidence in the Barrel Girls case. Um, she brings that to Batista. Batista tells LaGuerta about the evidence. LaGuerta thinks it's just Deb's way of getting revenge and doesn't want to open the case, reopen the case. Uh, then Deb gives her a righteous speech, which makes LaGuardia feel guilty. 
And then LaGuardia <laughs> agrees to reopen the case, but tells Deb her side of the story uh, that Quinn and that Quinn was suspended uh, in order to protect Dexter. Deb then confronts Quinn and uh, in, uh, in of all places, an interrogation room about this whole thing with with Dexter. Quinn spills the beans, uh, and uh, <laughs> which I have to assume is some sort of old West term or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. Um, Quinn comes home <laughs> to find Liddy waiting for him, show, and Liddy shows him pictures of Dex and Lemon dropping, uh, dumping bags into the ocean. And then Liddy uh, threatens to talk to Deb, and Quinn threatens, uh, <laughs> threatens him not to. So that's uh, pretty much that episode. Uh, the recap for In the Beginning, episode 510. Dexter sends Harrison and the babysitter away. Um, some things are heating up with uh, Jordan Chase and all that. Um, he moves them into his apartment, and we find that Liddy is spying on them. Dexter and Lumen visit uh, Emily Birch, uh, but she doesn't tell them anything. The Barrel Girl case is reopened. LaGuardia sends Deb and Quinn to pick up Cole. Uh, they end up talking to Jordan, who isn't isn't of any help. Deb and Quinn and Dexter find DVDs of the Barrel Girl victims at Cole's house. Uh, Dexter makes a, a switch to prevent anyone from finding out Lumen is the 13th victim. He gives Lumen the DVD, which she later watches. Deb tells Dexter that um, no one who went through the torture in these videos could be normal again. She also tells him she, she connected Cole to Dan the dentist, who was found at the warehouse crime scene a couple episodes ago. Uh, she finds, uh, she figures between Boyd, Cole, and Dan, there's a vigilante taking out the guys. Uh, Lumen returns to Emily's place alone. Emily tells her years ago, Jordan convinced Boyd, Cole, Dan, and Alex Tilden to rape and abuse her at a camp, uh, and that uh, Jordan uh, went by the name Eugene Greer. He's the fat kid in the picture. Uh Dexter meets, uh, ends up meeting Liddy, who forges Quinn's signature to requisition surveillance gear. Uh, Dexter and Lumen break into Alex's house and finds he was invo- he was definitely involved in the in the abuse, uh, the Barrel Girl stuff, because he's got a piece of jewelry from each victim. Uh, Jordan visits Emily's house, Emily's house, and tells her, sorry, he tells him, she tells him that she told Lumen, <laughs> yikes. Uh, the truth, uh, which is which is what he instructed her to do. Uh, Jordan comes to the Miami Metro to give a DNA sample and meets up with Dexter. They both know what's going on. Uh, Dexter and Lumen prepare to kill Alex. Lumen looks uh, stunning in her new killing outfit. It's, it's love at first tight. Liddy records Lumen uh, and Dexter practicing the kill maneuver. Um, Jordan tells Alex to go home. He calls De- uh, Jordan calls Deb and tells her that Alex called looking for Cole, which sends uh, them to Alex's house. Dexter and Lumen wait for Alex to get home. They drug him, and he awakens in the kill room. Yada, yada, yada. Alex pleads innocent. Lumen kills him. Uh, Deb and Quinn arrive at Alex's house, but it's empty. Then we discover that the kill room is in a vacant house next door, proving that the poor housing market is a boon to serial killers. (laughs) 
I think that happened last year too. Yeah, it's always it's great. <clears throat> it's just great. Um, Deb discovers a fresh woman's uh, a fresh footprint, and it's a female footprint uh, near the house back at Dexter's apartment. Uh, the catharsis of killing your abuser turns Lumen on, and she and Dexter quote sharpen knives, as the <laughs> kids call it these days. Uh, I call it BS. So, what did you think of these episodes? <laughs> Bam! What a whirlwind that was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I actually took notes, and and as you can tell, if you take notes on what happens, you get a lot of. <laughs> You get everything, uh, so yeah, thanks, for endur- th- thanks for enduring that, everyone. Uh, that was very Lothlodan-esque, mm-hmm. but all at once. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. It's good, though. It kind of reminded me of everything. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so um, on the whole, I'd say I, I like this part of the season, Uh I think uh I think everything's picked up pretty well. Um and I'd say I'd say I liked the uh Teenage Wasteland episode more. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> although I, I do like this uh second one uh also. Uh it was it was good, it was enjoyable. But I just uh I thought I thought the Aster stuff went pretty well. I guess um, that stuff worked for me because it kind of connects to, you know, the old days on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And so it feels it feels like, uh, you know, it feels like something that's actually uh, developing things that have been, you know, developing uh, since the beginning. So I, I just, I, I liked how that worked and it, you know, it's, it's kind of a heartwarming tale, a um, mm-hmm. little bit cheesy, but I, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, and then I liked I liked the stuff with Jordan in that episode, um, the whole uh, him and Dexter running, and how he says everything comes from Plato, and and then like uh, the uh, the uh, the phone call at the end was a good uh, was a good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I thought that was a really good episode. I really enjoyed that one. I actually watched that one twice. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> which is which is a rarity for me. What, what is this, Abaterno? <laughs> <laughs> wow! I don't um, know what that means, but I think it's fitting. I don't know what it means either, but I I get it. I think. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, I like the I like Teenage Wasteland better than uh, in the beginning. Yeah, it was an episode where I thought, yeah, this was really strong, and I I really felt like I was ex- really excited for the episode after that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the next one didn't quite make me as excited for this upcoming episode. Yeah. I, I still want to see it, but it, it it just wasn't it wasn't quite as strong. And of course, you know, probably the you know, nail in the coffin for it is the whole uh, Dexter and Lumen actually, uh, what did you say? Uh, <laughs> sharpening their knives. <laughs> That's what y'all calling it these days. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that, you know, that was that turned a corner that I think 
I think has to be kind of polarizing. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see, I don't really see the audience just blindly accepting that. Um, uh, some might, but it's, it's pretty abrupt, you know, yeah. because they had basically no uh, physical uh, contact before that. And mm-hmm. they go, so they go from zero to you know knife sharpening in a few seconds, and yeah. and it is after a murder, which is a little bit strange, more mm-hmm. than a little bit strange, I'd say, for someone like Lumen, who, as far as I can tell, I mean, aside from you know being raped and tortured, is is essentially a normal person, mm-hmm. not like Dexter. Yeah, you know. Um, I guess I wouldn't expect her to be in the mood after murdering someone, even if it was, you know, someone she felt deserved it, you know, uh, and and not to mention, you know, the idea of, uh, the idea of having sex after being, you know, raped over and over again, I, I, it it seems a little bit, seems a little bit soon to, to be so comfortable with it. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like if they were going to do it, it just should have been, developed more slowly and she should have been more tentative about it. It just, it just all kind of, uh, it's like they, they wanted to get it done and they just kind of brushed into it, you know? So I, 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 I maybe don't dislike it quite as much as you do, but I, I agree that it's not, it wasn't particularly well handled. And, and really I think I would have been, I would have been happy with them just, you know, leaving leaving it at the tentative stage that it's been at all season. Mm-hmm. That, that feels most comfortable for me. You know, and, and for Dexter also. You know, since Rita just died, it's a little it's a little weird. Yeah, there's there's like five <clears throat> big reasons why it doesn't really work. I think uh, it, it's like you. There's almost no angle you can find where it kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I. It, yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, I think you summed it up pretty well. I, my big thing, I guess, at this point is, you know, so many, you know, this is, you know, like I said in the recap, you know, they have a scene where Deb is saying to Dexter, you know, anyone who goes through this is irreparable. Now, that uh, isn't necessarily a true statement, but to have that idea be put out there, uh you know, I think says something about what they want you to think of, of Lumen's, uh, you know, uh, psychological nature, you know, her, her stability or something, you know. Um, so, I don't know, it was weird for, for them to say that and then go, well, now she's fine. You know, and this is the same person who, of course, a couple episodes ago couldn't get on an airplane because someone, you know, she had to go through a pat-down. And now it makes it seem like that wasn't, that wasn't a big issue or something. Uh, you know, maybe she just felt like she had unfinished business in Miami. She didn't want to get on the plane or something more than the pat down made her that uncomfortable. Cause remember we talked about that pat down anyway, and how it was kind of, you know, you thought something weird was going to happen and she was just kind of fine with it. And then she just decides to leave, you know? So, um, someone who's gone through that much, you know, they 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 portray her character fairly realistically for someone with her backstory, and it seems it seems like yeah a bit much to be like okay now she's just ready to be one hundred percent full throttle intimate with with this with Dexter, 
Right. You know? uh, and and I think there's something. Obviously, I think it's it's the catalyst is that she had just killed one of her abusers. But I feel like I would believe this moment more where she where she feels uh, you know sort of comfortable enough to be vulnerable. You know. Again, in a in a in a sort of sexual situation, um, I would buy it if they had just killed Jordan Chase and all of this was over with. You know, I'd buy it that all of her demons are now dead, and that the weight is lifted from her shoulders, and she can she can sort of move on. And and it and it, and even if it's just uh, even if it is you know sort of uh, just a reaction, and she doesn't really think about it, and it's you know impulsive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but, but it's like she just killed, you know, Alex and the, the main guy who's behind it all, who just called her on the phone yesterday to say, I'm on to you guys, um, is still around. So I feel like I don't buy what I think they're trying to get us to buy with, you know, the fact that she killed Alex, let her feel comfortable enough to sort of sleep with Dexter. It's like, yeah, but the main guy behind it is still out there and, and is you know, specifically on to you guys. So Yeah, I, well, I, I don't, it's openly threatening you at this point. Yeah, so I don't really buy it, you know. I it, that's my thing. I just that's why I call it BS. It just it feels it feels really contrived and I don't I don't think they needed it, you know. I don't I mean, Dexter and Lumen, you know, the whatever the end of their storyline is, they can go the whole storyline and never sleep together. I know they they that won't happen now, but uh, and, and you know, and I would be fine. I would be fine with it. You know, it's not, and maybe you know, obviously it's my opinion. Maybe there's other fans who are rooting for them to get together, but to me, it was never. It never seemed like it was about the romance or any attraction between them. It was two people who sort of needed, you know, who found themselves in both bad situations and each could help the other, and they both sort of, you know, pieced themselves together you know, with help from the other person. Um, and, uh, of course, in so, you know, those situations, you know, maybe romance brews, but, you know, like you said, like, they go from zero to 60, you know, and it, Dexter or Anne Lumen, neither one ever presented themselves like they were attracted to the other. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's been four episodes of this, you know, subtextual sexual tension or something, you know, um, you know, like even in the last episode when Dexter is talking to, to to Aster, and she's like, you know, just tell me if, if if she's your girlfriend, and he's like, no, she's a tenant, and Aster says she's more than she's a tenant. He goes, okay, she's a friend, and I'm helping her. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's a scene to say I kind of like her, but I feel like at some point, you know, for me to for me to buy this them hooking up, it's like at some point I need Dexter to tell somebody, Harry, you know. Or somebody like he's feeling some attraction to her or something, you know. And maybe the writers just think that's obvious, you know. Yeah, yeah. She did. She was the instigator. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that part works. You know, makes that work a, a little better. Um. I, I think there were like mild hints that they were going. They were going to go in that direction. I mean, I think we even talked about in the podcast. Like they were setting her up as something like the next Rita, I think pretty, pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not to say they had actually done anything, but it seemed like that, it, it seemed clear that that was a path they could go down. Um, but the, I guess they just didn't really, 
they didn't really develop that very much beyond the hints um, until this, where it's, I mean, you know, it's beyond hints. Yeah, it seems to me like it should be, you know, Lumen could be the next Rita, but I would imagine the point is Dexter's not over Rita, so he's going to resist that. You know, he's going to he's gonna help her out, but he's not going to go down that road. But, but, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, she was the instigator, but it's at the same time it's on him to say no if he thinks it's a bad idea or yeah. she's not emotionally ready or something, you know. Um, and so for him to, you know, continue, it's like, well, he's reciprocating the attraction, so. True, true. But yeah. um yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's not that big a deal. It's just to me one of the sort of it just doesn't, you know it just stands out in sort of a character sense that it just doesn't sort of gel with the other stuff, but you know, plot wise, you know, I guess they need it. Yeah. Or they think they need it. And then they have Dexter in voiceover saying, uh, to her, I'm not a monster you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, you know, you could have said that about Lila, mm-hmm. but that didn't necessarily make that a healthy relationship. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, I, I, like, it feels to me like... Well, and Rita didn't think Dexter was a monster either. Of course not. So but I guess the point that, is, like... That wasn't Rita, a healthy relationship either. Rita didn't, Rita didn't know about Dexter, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the point, she knows about him and doesn't think he's a monster. Yeah. Um, But I guess I feel like they've been I mean we we talked about this so many times this is like Dexter is a broken record basically when it comes mm-hmm. to every season he's got to share his dark passenger and yeah. it's just a different kind of thing every time um and I feel like this is closest to the to the Lila thing except you mm-hmm. know Lila was just crazy um where where you know where she's where Lumen's a you know victim trying to get revenge. Well, yeah, like like Lila was a dark character, and Dexter was like, "Well, that's bad. I don't need to be with another dark person," you know. Yeah. So, and Dexter, I mean, Lumen is what the light character. I mean, I guess if so. I if I read into that dense <laughs> subtext there, <laughs> uh, if I get my magnifying glass out and my my uh, algebra calculations, I can maybe discern that that's what they're saying. <laughs> Um, yes, I think that's the idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, you know, it, 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 it makes it makes sense, but um, it's just I I just didn't I don't know I just don't think you know three episodes from the end that they really need them to be romantically involved for the drama to work. You know, I agree. I think the bond think, is strong enough. Yeah, uh, I don't think Dexter could really be any more invested in her. You know, yeah. uh, you know. So it's it's. Um, He's it, put himself it way way on the line for her. And that's the thing. I don't. I don't even necessarily sort of mind that she had that impulse. You know. I mean, I think it's weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Writing a character, but it's like, I just felt like you know a better scene would have been for it not to ha- actually happen. You know. For them to get close and Dexter to, you know, can have the same realization without actually sleeping with her that she doesn't think he's a monster, you know. But um, I don't know. It just seemed like an easy thing to do, I guess, and they they went down yeah. an easier path and make it more sort of interesting. But yeah, yeah, <clears throat> it sets up some obvious, uh, you know, 
conflict to come. But mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, now Dexter can't say they're just friends, right? You know, now when Liddy comes and says you're sleeping with her, it's going to be true now. Yes, yes. <laughs> it wasn't true yesterday, but now it's true. Yes. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna and to me that's those are so crappy, you know, crappy conflicts that are just sort of because of a whim, you know. But mm-hmm. it happens in drama, so it does. Um, I, I, I agree I with you though. Like a scene where she does when it start it starts the same, but Dexter says we shouldn't do this for mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z reason that makes sense. Yeah, would, would have been a would have been a more believable scene. Yeah, like like they kind of kiss. She does the whole putting his shirt, you know, over his hand, so he's kind of you know uh, uh, restrained. restrained. Yeah. And and then and then and then he says, okay, no, he shouldn't. And then you cut to them in bed, you know, just sleeping, and he has the same line. Yeah. You know, but you know that they didn't actually sleep together, and it's, it's the same to me, the same emotional outcome, and. Yeah. And it preserves it preserves the sort of character stuff. Yeah. You know. But I don't write on this show. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe you should. Well, that's what I'm getting at, but you said it. <laughs> they could use it. Yeah, you know, they did. Uh, uh, the, um, uh, there's this guy. I forget his name, but the guy who actually was the showrunner for Dexter for the first four seasons actually left this season. Mm, okay. Um, so... Uh, I mean, there are carryovers from previous seasons that are still there, but um, they they did change show, showrunners. So I don't know. I don't know how much that's responsible for why. I do still think this season is kind of off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that how much uh, you know that has to do with it, but um, it just it, I I was I was kind of not surprised when I found that out. Yeah. Because they're they're definitely going through the standard motions of the Dexter season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it does seem like there's something missing. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a recycled season. Like it's the only sort of new you know element is the person that Dexter is getting involved with who he wants to share his dark passenger with is, is a victim. Yes. You know, is, is a victim who needs his, his sort of, you know, professional serial killer help. Right. But, and pretty much every other plot line is, you know, standard, typical Dexter story. Retread. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Deb can't trust Quinn. and He likes her. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know yeah. uh masuka is crazy and eccentric you know? <laughs> and he makes a lot of sex jokes yeah 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 was yeah. this the was this the season where he he had his he showed his dragon tattoo his yes. back tattoo yeah yes that was part of the phantom wear day that's right thing yeah yeah and I, that's another thing, like, it was, um, I mean, you know, we haven't seen the last two episodes, so who knows what's to come, but, um, you know, the Santa Muerte thing seems kind of dead at this point, mm-hmm. and 
because uh, like at this point, no no characters actually care about it. They're they're actually on to other stuff, namely the the Barrel Girls stuff, which is you know Dexter's main plot as well. So it makes sense that everything would converge on that at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but they spent early in the season a significant amount of time on the Santa Muerte stuff, and I feel like they just failed to ever make that interesting. Yeah, and uh, and so I think that's bad. I mean, if you're gonna spend that much time on something, I think you need to find a way to make it interesting, even if in the end it does just come down to a, a very elaborate excuse for Deb to go down into the file room, you know, so she can so she can find out the thing about the DNA. So she can so she can grab the first file she sees and discover she doesn't need to be in the file room anymore. Right. You know. <laughs> They didn't even they didn't even bother with a montage scene of her filing mm-hmm. and she just discovers this file. It's the first one no. she sees. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually a really good detective. Um she, her instincts are really spot on. She knows where to look, when, you know. Yes, yes. That is something that has developed pretty well. I mean, she's she's been on the ball with um uh with a lot of stuff this season as far as being mm-hmm. a detective. And, you know, she's put together what's going on with uh with the barrel girls and she knows there's a vigilante out there and you know i feel like she's on the verge of figuring out what dexter's up to yeah you know like if she knew like one or two more facts i think she would have it mm-hmm. um like for example if she knew what liddy knows <laughs> well if she if she you know if quinn didn't do the deception and 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 yeah, he he told her this information. You know, it was and you know she could she could get the extra piece if she went through Quinn, but yeah, you know she's not going that way. Right, right. She's rejected Quinn, which is of course you know. I mean, who didn't see that coming? Mm-hmm. But, Quinn. <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see a lot coming. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think Teenage Wasteland was a little, uh, overall a better episode. I did that was probably my favorite Aster stuff ever. Um, yes, I don't think Aster's been more interesting. I agree. Uh, you know, it was she. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know if they just finally gave that actress something to do. She did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, uh, I like some of her deliveries a lot and. Um, and then you know you get you get a fairly big moment where Dexter tells her he loves her. Yeah. And you know, which is really funny because it's coming off of the the, the sort of previous scene where Dexter is talking to Harry, <laughs> and Harry tells Dexter he's proud of him for for helping someone else, and Dexter just goes and tells that exact same thing too after. Yes. Which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and, and especially funny considering, you know, Harry is some sort of manifestation of Dexter, so it's Dexter telling himself he's proud of himself, which is very egotistical. <laughs> now, that's interesting. Um, I was going to bring that up, of course. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like to, uh, in our first Dexter podcast, I, you know, I raised the issue of how to interpret Harry um, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, the way they present it, it's easy to not really ask that question because it kind of just, it, the the way it functions, you, you don't necessarily feel like you need to ask that question, mm-hmm. you know? 
Harry Harry does what he does, but it, it's it it doesn't necessarily feel necessary ugh, to to know what he is. But this yeah. scene, when I started thinking about it, but if you do ask the question, it's kind of interesting. And um, uh, and this scene here, it I, it basically reminded me of the scene in the bathroom from the first episode when he mm-hmm. tells him it's the most human thing you've done. Exactly. You know, it was the same kind of thing where Dexter's like, I don't want to hear it, you know, too risky, Dexter, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, no, that's not what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of you, you know, you blah, blah, blah. I didn't, oh, and then he says, I didn't know you had it in you, and he says, um, uh, if I had realized that I wouldn't have led you down this path. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he he insinuates that he he thought Dexter was a monster and needed these rules, and that's the best he could do was be a very uh, sort of you know pr- a productive monster and not actually be a sort of whole human being. Yes, which is a fairly huge you know revelation I think in terms of Dexter's character growth. Um, you know, there's you know, but not that he's ever seemingly quite. I mean, it's a weird thing to say because. Dexter's always, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I can answer that. But it seems to me that Dexter, while feeling like he's a monster, never thought he was just a monster, right? I mean, he always seemed to think he was capable of more. That's why he was always trying, right? Yeah, although I, I do think in the first season he he wasn't, fully trying yet. I feel like he's sort of slowly... Yeah. De- so the first season is, yeah, him doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like he kind of transitioned into trying over the course yeah. of the show. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, so what's your point about Harry? Oh, so, yeah. Um, uh, you reminded me of something else he said, but now I've forgotten what it was. Um. Oh, yeah, so, like, having Harry make this seemingly like a revelation, I mean, it comes across, like, here's Harry, Harry saying, if I had known you had this in you, I wouldn't necessarily have, you know, raised you the way I did. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to, it's hard to take a line like that and make that Dexter saying that to himself. You know, it comes across really like this is Harry saying that. You know? Well, I, I get the sense of Dexter saying it to himself because he's 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 basically, you know, Harry. To me, I always feel like, you know, the manifestation of Harry is is basically all of all of what you know the the, the code of Harry that Dexter carries with him. You know, Harry's teachings and how he was ra- how he raised Dexter. You know, it manifests itself into this apparition that we see as Harry, you know. So I, I, I think it, it still works if it's Dexter saying it to himself because he's saying, you know, these these codes that I live by, you know, um, sort of might be hindering me, basically. And, I, and you know, he's, he's, he's sort of more than that. Right. But it, but it really comes across like it's Harry approving of him and and Dexter's expecting him to say something else I mean that just to me it's hard to it's hard to have that scene where where Harry's not some other character 
because Dexter's expecting one thing. Harry surprises him and also, like, expresses this specific thing about, you know, Harry's point of view on Dexter. Well, I think you have to start – I think you have to, you have to figure out what your givens are, right? And I think, I think you have to agree that if Dexter and Harry know the same things and expect the same things in a the conversation, there's sort of no point, Right. Yeah. If, if he if Dexter's going to manifest someone who who he knows what that person's going to say, there's almost no point in having a conversation with him. So I feel like you have to you have to start at a point of saying, you know, they they will present themselves as two separate personalities. That's sort of the point of having the cover, having him appear and having conversations. They want different things, you know. It, it's about conflict. That, you know, Harry wants Dexter to do X, Y, Z, or be a certain kind of person, or he shows up to tell him he did something wrong. He shows up to tell him something he knows. You know, like when he shows up in the first scene um, in, the, in, in Teenage Wasteland, he basically shows up to tell Dexter that he needs to get Aster and uh, Olivia away because they're in the middle of this Jordan Chase thing. So, I mean, that's something Dexter knows he should do, and, you know, he does, He basically does that. You know, he gets them home, and then the next episode he, he, he sends Harrison away. So it's like, I think it's pretty clear that it's, you know, it comes across as, as Harry is a manifestation of, of Dexter's personality, you know, and it's basically the parts of himself that doubt himself and the parts of himself that are sort of Harry in his code, you know, and it's, I mean, I, I get your point, and you're right. I mean, it definitely comes off like that could be Harry sitting there from the beyond saying that, but I feel like it's got to appear that way for the scene to work. You know, for the way that they use it, it, it needs to appear like it is a separate personality. And it needs to be a personality that can question Dexter, that doesn't sort of intrinsically know what Dexter is thinking, uh, or, you know, or vice versa, you know. I guess the big thing about it, like, yes, and that's the way those scenes usually are. And I agree, that's what Harry is. He's an aspect of Dexter. It's just, I feel like this scene, it's a little convoluted to interpret it that way. And the specific thing about it that I get hung up on is that Vision Harry is specifically speaking from the point of view of real Harry, who raised Dexter. He's talking about the way he raised Dexter and how so, if he so had... when Dexter, So, yeah, when, when Harry says, if I would have known, blah, 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 you were capable of yeah. raising, I, I wouldn't have necessarily raised you this way. To me, the translation of that in Dexter's mind is Quote, I wonder if Harry knew I was capable of what I just did, if he would have raised me this way. That's how I take it. I take it as that's what Dexter is questioning, and when it manifests itself as Harry, it's, it's Harry's perspective saying that. I, okay. Okay. I mean, you can do that. You can do that. It's just, you know. So, like, the same, take the same scenario. I guess, I guess it works better to me. House. Okay, sorry, go like, ahead. Like when Dexter kills a guy at the boathouse and Harry shows up and says, that's the most human thing you've ever done. Yes. Or I've seen you do or whatever. Yeah. Like, like to me, the translation is, in Dexter's mind, he's thinking, he's either specifically thinking, this is the most human thing I've seen myself do, or Harry would think this is the most human thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, so, so I mean, what do you think is going on in, like, that scene where he, he's showing up to, to say... He's still saying something from his perspective. Right, that's true. Um, I, I guess I guess I would say it's it's Dexter thinking it's 
it's the most human thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Or realizing that. And and you know Harry would be proud of this. I mean that's that's yeah. I think that's why Harry shows up. You know to 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 say that from Harry's perspective. Right, right. Know. But I guess like you know because Harry was a real person, and like would he really say these things or or is this is this a totally distorted version of Harry that just exists in Dexter's mind? He might think Harry's speaking this yeah. way. But, is it completely inaccurate? Like, I guess I want to take it as real. Yeah, I don't think it's. Cause I don't it, think it's completely inaccurate. I mean, because it think, seems I, like I, him I, from the flashbacks. He, you know, I mean, of course it should. Well, here's the thing. There's, there's, there's parts about Harry Dexter never found out that will never be, that 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 will never sort of uh, display when Dexter manifests Harry, right? Right. He's not so, gonna start talking uh, about like how he slept with his CI exactly, and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you think it's pretty clear that it's. It's only Dexter's interpretation of Harry, and technically he could be wrong about certain things. I think we're we're not supposed to believe he's wrong because some of the things that he says are very, um, you know, very intrinsic to Harry's perspective. I mean, I think yeah. if, if Harry if, if Harry ever says anything that's really crazy, then you go, well, that's weird. Harry wouldn't have thought that. But um, but everything lines up with what Harry says, so I think you take it as it's pretty it's pretty close to what Harry. Thanks, because it's you know, it's it's intrinsic to how Dexter was raised and 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 how he taught Dexter to use the code and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's also like you know, since Harry says I, I'm proud of you, and Harry mm-hmm. is really Dexter's father. You know, essentially, I mean, he raised him, you know, mm-hmm. for a large portion of his childhood and really taught him the most essential, you know, things about his character. Now, you know, that to me that thing works better if it's Harry than if it's Dexter patting himself on the back. Oh, know? I agree, but I, I think it's just it's I mean, it's just not it's not Harry. I mean it's, well, it's a real yeah. fact that Harry is dead and, and that Dexter you know, Dexter uh carries the memory of him around and it's just interesting to see him project that, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean that's the thing. You you can get an emotional satisfaction that Harry would think that, but it's you know. See, that's where I feel like the show kind of gets away with uses the fact that the show itself isn't really interested in the question of what is Harry to mm-hmm. stage scenes like that, where you get to see the father say he's proud of Harry or Dexter, you know, and you get to play that scene emotionally. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, in reality, I mean, Harry's dead. This isn't Harry. Yeah. You know, this is Dexter talking to himself. And if you just have Dexter say, I'm very proud of myself, you know, that's, you know, well, and I think that's not nearly as Dexter, good of a scene. But I think if you, if, if what you take from the scene is Harry would be proud of Dexter and not that whatever, you know, not some alternate show where it's it's really Harry from the beyond and ghost Harry is proud of Dexter. I mean, that's that's weird in his own self. Uh, but I think it's, you know, as long as Dexter is saying, you know, if Harry would have, would be proud of me for doing X, Y, Z, or I'm proud of myself for doing X, Y, Z. I mean, that's the thing. It's not just Dexter. It's Dexter patting himself on the back because it's all taking place in his head. But, but I think it is important that it's, he, he's attaching, uh, his whatever, you know, thoughts to Harry. So it's not just, I'm proud of myself. I'm great. It's Harry would be proud of me, or I think Harry would be proud of me for this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I think it still works, but it's it doesn't. It's not you know. 
it's not uh it's not specifically uh the spirit of Harry or something that is you know that that is the same entity that raised him that is now saying, you know, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. I just think they kind of get away with playing it that way, even mm-hmm. though that's – and not really, you know, emphasizing the fact that that's not what's going on. Yeah, but, you know, they don't, they don't emphasize it either way. And I think people – I think people generally agree that it's, it's in Dexter's head, so they kind of know that it's in his head. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it plays out like it's really hairy, so you kind of go, oh, Harry's proud of him. Yeah. But but I think at the same time no one's fooled in thinking that that's really Harry. So it's like it's that thing where you can kind of hold two ideas at once, but yeah. you know, it's like you know it's in Dexter's head, but Harry still is proud of him. And right. You just don't think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can just kind of go down that road even though you know it's not true. Mm-hmm. Like I it's and and also like it feels like Harry has a revelation about Dexter, you know. I could have done something different with you. Maybe you could have been normal. You know, it, it, you, you want to, you want to take it that far. Like watching Dexter, he's come to a realization, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not really the case, but it's, yeah. I, I feel like they get something out of the fact that you can see it that way. Mm-hmm. You and know? here's the thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. They they do get something out of that, and, but it's really, and it's really, I think, you know, Dexter realizing he's capable of more and sort of, you know, wondering what Harry would have done differently if he knew that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another thing that did occur to me is I feel like what he did with Barry was not that different from what he did with, um, Rita's ex-husband. Oh, totally. It was kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, well, he's done this before, Harry. I know Harry wasn't around back then, but, uh, you know, it's he, he says it like it's the first time Dexter's ever done anything like that, mm-hmm. you know, but whatever. That's 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 the way it goes. Yeah, I honestly think, you know, if I'm really being – if I'm really – you know, being being picky, I think it, Harry's reaction was a little bit little bit much for what Dexter did. That was nothing for Dexter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anything, Harry should be proud of him for putting himself out there for Lumen, right? I mean, that's that's been the bulk of him putting him out, himself out there for somebody. So uh, it was a little bit much for him to say, oh, you helped Olivia. Uh, I'm proud of you. But, mm-hmm. You know, because you know, it's, yeah, it's, He's done that and more for others. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Again, something if you if you stop and think about it, you go, wait a minute. But um, yeah, you know this. Uh, I just, I just, and maybe it is has something to do with a new showrunner and or something because this season's been a little weird and. I, I think Rita has, has yet to get the respect she deserves. <laughs> I didn't even like Rita that much, but I say, you know, she died like a week ago, and I just think she, you know, the, the show just has not, to me, really done her justice. I don't know. It just seemed like they don't care or, I mean, not that, you know, I don't even know what I want them to do besides maybe just have some sort of reverence for her character and to make, and to use this as an opportunity, I mean, the whole thing, I mean, it, it really to me diminishes the end of season four to not make 
read his death more impactful on Dexter's life, you know, in, in terms of his awareness of that, you know. It's impacting him in different ways, but it's not, like, on the forefront of his mind. And, you know, and I feel like if it – I feel like it just makes that whole – the lesson that he learned about getting too close to danger and how that affects innocent people and his family just sort of gets thrown out the window, you know, when it's just like, man, I, I did all this stuff in season four and I let Trinity get too close. I didn't kill him when I should have. And, and now Rita's dad, my family, you know, my, the kids I was raising do not have a mother. Uh, they're, you know, scarred by this for life. Uh, and, and, you know, and Rita's gone. And what do I do? Oh, well, you know, I, I'm just going to, you know, not really care that much. <laughs> You know, because I, I, it seems like after the second episode, he was kind of over it, right? Pretty much. Yeah. They they had that one bit when he looks in the bathtub and he has some weird flash of her. And and then there's a scene where he had to describe uh, finding her to Jordan on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, where it seemed like he had some kind of reaction to it. But those are pretty isolated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wants to play up like it was the most horrifying thing that's ever happened to him, yet he doesn't sort of act like it. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe I wanted something like for him to sort of resist Lumen becoming a new Rita, and he just sort of never resisted it. It just kind of happened. Yeah. You know, um, you know like he's, he's he, you know, he doesn't want her to be at the house, even though it's the safest place for her or something. You know, he doesn't want her to touch Rita's things yet. You know, like just some little thing of of that he, he's not over or he's not uh, dealing. You know, but again, you know, of course the point is that him his helping Lumen is supposed to be getting him over Rita, but it seems like he's forgotten about Rita as he's using Lumen to get over her, so. Right. I mean, yeah, that's what Aster says, and yeah. his reaction to it makes <laughs> yeah, it... I guess his reaction was, I love you, <laughs> not, uh, yes, you're right. His reaction to it, I mean, he doesn't say it, yeah, he doesn't address it uh, directly, but it made it... I, I read it that he hadn't really thought about it, mm-hmm. and and I think we're supposed to think that that's true. Yeah. You know, um, I think they're telling, you know, that's their way, the writers are telling us that's, you know, sort of what's going on. But yeah, I, I, I don't know that they've really, they've really shown that very well, you know, mm-hmm. beyond telling us that in, in the one scene. Yeah. You know, again, I talked about this before. It just seemed like in the, in the early part of the show after Rita's death, when he was sort of off kilter with his killing and stuff, um, um, you know, I, I feel like maybe they should have just continued that. Like he, you know, Rita's death caused him not to be able to sort of kill, which is which made his life even worse. Then he finds Lumen, which gives him a way to kill again, which maybe could bring him back to dealing with Rita's thing. So maybe that's kind of what they're trying to do. But, um, you know, they got two episodes left and... <laughs> like you know, yeah. It just you know, it's just afterwards, right? It just doesn't seem like he cares, you know. And it's like I understand if Dexter can't be emotional about Rita's death, but it seems like he should at least act like he, you know, she's in his thoughts or memories or something, or yeah. You know, uh, at least this season, you know, I don't want him to, you know, spend five years dealing <laughs> with her death, <laughs> but yeah. 
you know, it just it's just so weird. It was such a big thing last season, you know, the end of the, the, the season. It's just, uh, you know, it changed the show, and it's just, I don't know. Just to me, they didn't they didn't really convince me that it that it mattered <laughs> as much. Yeah, you know, outside of the plot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they did kind of brush it off um, to move on to what they wanted to focus on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, you know, honestly, I do, I do kind of miss those days. I mean, that that felt. Um, uh, you know, but now now that seems like classic Dexter, mm-hmm. and this is the like weird new stuff where where uh, where Rita's not around. And I guess that's another thing about Teenage Wasteland, like bringing Aster back is kind of you know bringing Rita back. Mm-hmm. And that was something I actually liked about it. It's it's sort of weird. Like I wasn't a big Rita fan or anything, but um, yeah, you know, once she was dead, I I do feel like there's kind of a hole in the show. Yeah, you know, and and Lumen isn't really filling that hole as much as they maybe want her to. Yeah, totally. You know, I just don't. I just don't think she as much as Dexter, as much as he may want her to. Yeah, yeah, I like the Aster stuff. I mean, I think it was it was good to see him try to connect with her. Yeah, and try to figure out how to do that. I would watch a whole season of that. You know, of Dexter trying to figure out how to do that kind of stuff because that's you know, like you said, like. That that plot line is the main thread of the show. You yeah. Know, that that his his sort of long term character growth and and being able to have emotional responses and connect to people and you know I I don't know who's the last person he told that he he loved them. I you know I mean maybe Rita or Harrison or something, but I, I've never I can't remember him just sort of saying that. He doesn't say that very yeah. much at all. No, it was I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. And it made this, you know, it made the scene good. It made it have more um, impact. It made it seem like it meant something. Yeah. I do think it's kind of disappointing that what he tells her, you know, he immediately kind of goes back on in the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. That is really disappointing that he he he's gonna come off like a liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just he just gained back a one shred of trust from 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 Master and. Uh, uh, and it's going to be like, well, you seem like you were lying to me, so now we'll, I'll, now I'm going to never trust you, you know, fool me once. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, he was barely, he barely got back, you know, any of her respect, so, yeah. that's. I mean, he can say, well, I wasn't lying at the time, and technically that's true, but. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter. Yeah, it's a bit, it's just a bit much. I um I'm I'm not sure exactly how much time has passed but uh it 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 does seem like it really hasn't been long enough and mm-hmm. I don't know I I guess they felt like they needed to put someone in there uh pronto It just seems to me that like since the whole you know impetus for the, for Lumen and Dexter's relationship is her sexual abuse Mm-hmm. That that would be something you know that would be off limits. Where it's like, okay, well, what it's not is about their romance. <laughs> it's about everything else but their romance. You know, because of course, like you know, the you know the Jimmy Smith season, you know, was about other things. It's not about Dexter trying to romance Jimmy Smith. You know, right. there's other things that that relationship is about. And I thought, okay, the Lumen relationship is 
going to be about these other things because, you know, she's sexually abused, so anything in that category <laughs> shouldn't, you know, yeah. uh, shouldn't sort of develop between them, but without, without you know, it, it, it's sort of working. Right. Uh, but we'll see where they go with that. Um, I, I have to believe in the next episode, you know, just for the law of, you know, writing, you know, as it, you know, stories trended towards more conflict. Um, Some Dexter or Lumen is going to freak out about what happened. I have to assume one of them is going to realize that was a mistake. Yeah, I hope so. That that will help Mm -hmm. (laughs) somewhat, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and and Lady's got that camera system. I don't know what he's recording, but if he can see into their bedroom, he just got them mm-hmm. on page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter is so off his game, man. He oh, is man. so off his game. He doesn't have a it's, clue. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when <laughs> when he shows up to Alex's house. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Chase is watching him break in. Right. Like, if he had just snapped a picture with his camera phone, oh, yeah. you know, and just turned that into the police, you know, like, he was a little too yeah. cocky and assures himself that they killed him would be, you know, that they would still be there when the police got there. But yeah. uh, it's just, Dexter is so sloppy, he has no idea. He's, he's literally, like, four or five steps behind his main villains. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he's just and he's got more than one, so it's like he's he's he's, he's about to be. I mean, he's coming in over his head, literally. So, well, not literally, but um, you know, I think he's, he's sort of in over his head. He just hasn't realized it yet. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he only knows about half of his problems, and even those, he's only partially aware of. You know how how big a trouble he's in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I I do I do like Jordan Chase. I I think he's uh I think he's a pretty good villain. Yeah. I I he, like he's a, he's crazy. They made him very very strange. Yeah. You know like in a, in the scene with uh with Emily Birch uh Oh know, yeah. Where, she, where she's talking to him and then uh she goes up to to touch him and he like moves her hand. Yeah. You know and it's like he doesn't want to touching him. He's he's a weird he's a weird guy. Yeah. He's got some issues. Yeah. And, I mean, even the fact that, like, this was his first victim and she's, like, got these weird feelings for him, and but mm-hmm. he doesn't want her to touch him. Like, he's just really fucked up. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, that makes for for an interesting uh, character. And obviously he's also, you know, pretty smart and, you know, uh, conniving. And, you know, of course, he was a mm-hmm. mastermind behind things. That's what we learn. Um, you even know, though he what, didn't participate. What I don't understand is why was he sort of interested in Dexter from the, sort of from the beginning? I, I didn't understand why he was sort of, you know, interested in Dexter when he first met him. That they have not, I don't know. They didn't really say. Because he gets a reason to be interested in him mm-hmm. after he's interested. Yeah. After it, after he steals his blood and all that stuff, like then it's like, oh, I'm on to Dexter and Lumen. But it seemed like he didn't know about it, like that they like anything was up. But he was almost acting like it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't understand why he was he was sort of invested in him before he knew that Dexter was involved with with Lumen. Yeah, 
I don't either. Yeah, this season's been a little little rocky. It hasn't been that. It hasn't been horrible. It's been a lot of good stuff, but it has. It, like it, individual it, scenes and bits have been like really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's kind of the overall picture that that feels kind of blah. I yeah, but but um, I I don't think he's I don't think he's quite as I don't know what the word is compelling as John Lithgow was, but mm-hmm. um, uh, but he's, but well, he's pretty you know, good. I don't think you have anything that is, what's weird about Jordan Chase is I don't know what I have to fear from him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not going to touch me, right? <laughs> you know, like. Uh, you know, he he he's not even seeming like he's a direct sort of killer. Like he's going to just shoot them or come after them with a knife or something. Right. So I think what's you know definitely one of the big differences between him and Trinity is that Trinity had a very obvious threat level. You you sort of knew he he would boot you know brutally yeah. attack you or he or himself something. was a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's it, and plus it's John Lithgow. It was sort of more imposing figure. I think. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah no Jordan Chase is interesting. The Jordan Chase they keep saying you know they keep making you know this idea that he's this this worldwide superstar. <laughs> Just everybody knows that name. And yeah. Like, Come on guys, really. I, it's okay. I, I, it's, it's like I mean I I guess the closest thing is Tony Robbins. Yeah. You know? But it's just like there are people you say Tony Robbins. I'll go who. Yeah, so the Tony Robbins. The Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. Motivational speakers don't really have that high of a celebrity yeah. value. But, you know, whatever. They're trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand. He he. Maybe it's because Johnny Lee Miller's British or something, but he reminds me of Patrick Bateman a little bit at certain times. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, got a, he's got a very... A very well, it, a businessman who's also psychotic. It's you're halfway yeah. there to Patrick Bateman anyway, so yeah, yeah. And and there's this there's this idea that Alex puts out there that he he's able to talk you into doing bad things. Like he's just really good at you know getting you to do what he wants. Yeah. So that's like the whole that. motivational speaker thing. That's the right. whole, you know, he, he, he's, he's, I, it seemed like at a young age, he tapped into how to make people do things, he, you know, how to convince them to follow their instinct. If you can convince them that something is their instinct, then they will realize, oh, okay, well, then I can, I, you know, it's nothing wrong to give them to your instinct, right? Right. You know, so it seems like he's, he's, he's a good manipulator like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so we talked about this in the last podcast, Dave. We've solved the mystery of the picture now. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan is in the picture. He just changed his name. And yeah. there was one other guy who they've now killed. And the woman took the picture. And she took the picture, yeah. So they, so they pretty much, you know, closed the book on, don't worry about the picture anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've, we've, uh, we've identified everyone. Yeah, the picture's so, done. Yeah. Yeah, it it seemed really weird to have like two people, and then Jordan was taking the picture, and it's just like, how many how many villains are they gonna throw out there? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like how there's all these henchmen who get like one or two scenes. It's I I, I liked the I liked Alex. I I thought he was 
good in his little tiny bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but they're they're all kind of I don't know I I never quite know what to make of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, because they met him when they were younger, and yet it seems like he continued to hold power over them. You know? Well, I think they they've still been doing this. I mean. They, he didn't stop, he didn't, I mean, I feel like they've been doing this pretty much consistently ever since. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, like, you know, when they were younger, I think, you know, you're more impressionable at that age, peer pressure is a bigger deal, you know, but the fact that they're, they're kind of like middle age now, and, and they've been like under his, you know, uh, direction for all this time, like, it's just, and yet, just living their normal lives on the side, you know. Well, I think because that because they share this bond as kids, to me, that makes it believable that it, you know, if it had happened, if it had somehow started in adulthood, I mean, anyone can be sort of manipulated and brainwashed at any age. But I think the fact that they were kids when it happened, and they sort of, you know, I guess maybe didn't know any better, or so, you know, something like didn't know any better. They obviously knew better. Um, you know, if they just continue to do this and they, you know, and he continues to manipulate them and their this is their their friendship thing, you know, their 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 bond just keeps being strengthened every time they do this to women, you know, so that so that that solidifies it every time. Right. And they just keep it just builds on itself. They just keep doing it, you know. Right. Because they had thirteen, you know, just recently. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, yeah, I have to imagine it's been more than that. Right, yeah. Maybe that that's just the ones on the DVDs. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't necessarily had DVDs the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but he does kind of, like, rat out Alex. Um, well, basically what he does is he, he throws Alex to the police to, to try to catch Dexter. Yeah. You know, he, he basically had, doesn't give a sh- doesn't care about that. <laughs> you know, right. he's the typical he's the typical boss who doesn't mind throwing the lower level guys. You but know, the chocolate bond is not really a thing to him. Like mm-hmm. they were just well, he's fooled. a manipulator. He's not he's not fooled by it all. I mean, he yeah. he's the guy pulling the string. So of course he's going to have a different view of it. I mean, he would probably not want to do that to Alex, but he'll do that to Alex and to to get Lumen and Dexter in trouble. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I mean they're, you know, they're as important to him as, you know, what if he if he if he needs to throw them under the bus for some reason, he he's not not going to hesitate mm-hmm. to do that. So It's what is it's what is uh his primal his primal instinct tells him. Right. So yeah, oh, exactly. Fine. But it's not like they're BFS. It's just it's weird like they have this relationship going back for a long time, but he doesn't really they don't really care about them that much, and yet they've been well, doing yeah, this Alex stuff for so long. Like, well, I mean, I wouldn't say he doesn't care about him that much. I mean, you have to realize he is a psychopath. Yeah. So what he's willing to do isn't necessarily going to make a lot of sense. But uh, you know, like I said, he he's a guy pulling the strings. Uh, so if he wants to, mani- you know, again manipulate the situation, uh, because I mean, you know, he he's got to know he's not doing them any favors when he's getting them to do this stuff. I mean, you know, even the first time I have to imagine that he's like, 
sort of realizing he has this power and liking it, but but he's he's knowing he's corrupting these people. So you know, yeah, it's a it's a perverse friendship anyway. So I you know I it makes me really I want to see these guys interact. I want to see all of them together. I want to see what that's like because mm-hmm. like I just it's hard for me to understand how that works. You know, seeing seeing Jordan with Dexter, like, you know, I just can't imagine that guy, you know, being able to be able to talk these, you know, five on the surface normal adults into doing these things for years and years and years. Like, I just, I'm trying to imagine how that would work. I just, I'd like to see it. I, I'm really curious. And we, we sort of, we only see them separately. Like, we don't get mm-hmm. to actually see them interacting. Well, I would imagine when when Jordan is doing his doing his magic, he's more like the scene with him and Emily. You know, he's not like the scene with Dexter necessarily. Okay. He's sort of normal guy. I think he puts on his crazy face and he starts, <laughs> you know okay. he starts he starts uh you know, pitting the, the, the people against each, you know, his friends against each other or, you know, uh you know, making them egg each other on and stuff like that. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see, you know. But um, people can be manipulated fairly easily, you know. I mean, you see it in all in all shapes and forms throughout society. So it's it's not surprising to me he could he could you know do this, especially since he's got that. Like I said, this sort of um, this mantra or whatever that that sort of lets you do whatever you you're sort of excuse to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of empowering excuse to to take what you want, and that you know it's it's primal. Man, man is always taken from the land, and <laughs> you know what you know. It's like and made a DVD of it, and then and then yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so and you know you have people who are rapists and murderers and serial killers who who aren't even talked into it. You know, who right. just have the predilection and. Yeah. And yeah, these guys are obviously not not uh not the most normal anyway, even if they do just sort of work at a bank and and I was gonna say maybe Alex and you know, it, it's hard to tell how close they are now. I mean it seems like they're still doing the killings together, but Yeah, I mean they just you know, got Alex through. They couldn't they must have been around each other pretty recently. Well, yeah, but it's like to me at least it's it shows that Alex was working at a bank, he's not working with Jordan Chase. I feel like maybe Jordan is closer to Cole because of that or something. Thing. Right. That might that might say how you know how much they hang out, or you know when they're not just doing this killing thing. And like Dan, the know. dentist was a dentist, and mm-hmm. and and Boyd was the the animal control guy. Yeah. So like, seems like they're all off doing their own thing. Cole is definitely probably the closest since he's you know seeing him every day. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, Dan like calls somebody on the phone and tells them. So they, I mean, they you know. They must chat now and then. Oh, so do you think maybe he called Jordan? Well, probably. I mean, now that, that we know what Jordan? we know. Is that how Jordan knows about Dexter and Lumen? I think that's how Dexter knows about Lumen, at least. Yeah, like he's thinking that Lumen's out there. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why he was interested in Dexter so early. Yeah, that was the, that was the first thing. Yeah, so uh, based on that, like, even if even if he didn't call Jordan, he called one of the guys. And mm-hmm. I think Jordan knew that Lumen was out there and that Lumen had killed Dan. So, mm-hmm. um, or tried to. So, um, 
so I think he I, I, I was already on to her, and then um, there was that there was that bit with uh, Cole about um, about Boyd when he he tells Cole uh, you know pinning us on Boyd was the first smart thing you've done, and and then Cole says it wasn't me, and the scene ends there, and I feel like that at least insinuates that they might start suspecting that someone else is is doing this. And do you think it's, it's he gets suspicious when someone from the police department shows up at his conference named yeah. Dexter? Yeah, yeah. So I think that I think that might he doesn't necessarily know it's Dexter, but I think I think that might be why he zeroes in on Dexter at that point. Mhm. As being someone who might have been able to plant evidence and, you know, uh get get boy Fowler set up. Yeah. And 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 so he sort of keeps an eye on Dexter. And then I guess um you know once once the blood thing happens, he realizes this is definitely him. And so he must be working with Lumen. Uh, that's based on what we've seen. I feel like that's sort of the best. You can oh, but do. That's, that's right. That's I forgot. He claims he he knows Dexter because he followed the Trinity case. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was that was his that was his stated reason. Yeah, but he really looks into Dexter's background, and it definitely comes across like he's got. I mean, unless he's just you know I don't know some kind of weird serial killer victim buff, comes across like he's got a personal interest in Dexter you know, beyond what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So I guess I feel like it went the other way around, that he uh, he got suspicious of Dexter, he looked up his stuff, and then found out about the Trinity thing, so he said that. Yeah, but, but he says that before he finds out about the whole the whole Cole thing, the Cole and Boyd switch up, right? He does? He says that in the station? Well, I thought he says when he first meets Dexter, when he when he comes to the station for the first time, that's when he meets Dexter, right? Yes. Yeah. And Dexter sees the watch to take the picture and I think and isn't it the same scene where he says I, I knew about the Trinity case or something. I thought he didn't say that until the later scene when they meet at the convention. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't mm. remember. Yeah, I forget. I forget. But well, if it happened the way you're saying, then it that makes sense. But I I, I thought it was he he told him the first thing he one of the first things he said was. You know, Dexter Morgan, I know who you are because of the whole Trinity thing. I followed that, and, okay. and it was, like, weird. And then, because, yeah, it's not until he comes back to the station later that he, and I think it's another episode that he comes back to find out about the Boyd thing. Or I think the Boyd thing episode? was that same episode. Okay. Well, it's not like we podcasted about it or anything, so, you know, it's not like I know. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't remember what episode that is. I mean, I could try to go find it. Eh, I don't think it matters. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, it is that kind of thing where, you know, he's on to him now, so, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason happened at the beginning. Yeah. I don't, he doesn't care about Trinity anymore. Nor does anyone else. I do feel like a kind of, 
disappointment on that too on like Trinity's family and the fact that they spent so much time with Dexter and yet that seems to have no consequence whatsoever. Well, they, they tried to go down that road and Quinn got shut out. I mean, he, he took the picture to the sun and he, I mean, they got close. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it felt like a tease and no follow through. Well, they, they, I mean, he got as close as he could without saying, yeah, that's Dexter. Yeah. You know, because if he says that, then the story changes. That's true. You know, so they, you know, they did their due diligence, I think. They they got Quinn to get in trouble for it, and he, he went above and beyond the law to try to go with his hunch, and, you know, I'm fine with that. I mean, especially considering they, you know, the FBI is handling, it's supposedly handling, you know, it's not the Miami Metro's case anymore. It's back to the FBI, so it's, Supposedly being, you know, they're they're really tracking him down in the background, I'm sure. So, you know, they're going to find him any minute now. <laughs> okay. Well, um, anything else with the episodes? Um, I also throw out there that I am a uh, Liddy fan as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's great. I love Peter Weller. He just he just saunters into that part and mm-hmm. uh uh projects this uh you know, this this threatening menacing quality uh while while being very relaxed for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um I like the like thing going on in the background that he's clearly an alcoholic. Like mm-hmm. he he wants he wants to go get beers with Clint at like seven AM and, like, then they show him, you know, Clint comes, he's in his apartment, he's, there's, like, a half-empty bottle of tequila or something as he's waiting, mm-hmm. and, you know, he just he just got into Clint's liquor cabinet or something. Like, he's, like, he's kind of a wreck, but mm-hmm. he is last, you know, but he's also, you know, a cop, and he knows how to investigate things, and he's really, um, you know, got more hard evidence on Dexter than just about anybody ever had. Yeah, you know, um, so so it's been a big problem. I really I really enjoyed that uh, one little thing with Liddy where where he's in like a gift shop and this kid looks at him it. and he makes this like finger gun shot at him. The kid. That yeah. was the best rea- That kid had the best reaction. That kid was like, "Whoa!" I was not expecting <laughs> that when I smiled at that guy. <laughs> like, what am I? And it just. It's one of those things, and then the kid just goes with his parents who are busy checking out. They have no idea what just happened. Yeah. And the kid's not going to say anything. No. You know, it's just one of those little things that, that just happens in life where something happens to a kid, and it just, they don't know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> they don't say anything. And, yeah, I love that little thing. He's just, and it's it's a playful thing, too. It's a playful thing to kind of shoot him, but it's it comes off so not playful. And the kid's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's the kind of thing that could be charming, but it's actually mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up creepy, and the kid, like, I love, yeah, that was a great kid actor. He had the best reaction of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. Kids have trouble with that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, that, it was yeah, a nice that little, like. Uh, that and the, uh, the scene when he's talking, he's talking to, um, to Quinn in his, in his kitchen and he drops the coffee thing. Oh, yeah. What was he like, sometimes stuff happens or sometimes <laughs> coffee coffee gets dropped. I don't yeah. know what he said, but it was so, it's such a, 
obvious threat, but so innocuous too at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's like, but then Clint is left to clean up the mess, and he, you know, he didn't have any shoes on, so he yeah. had a glass or hot coffee. It's just, it's such a weird threat. It's, it like, it's a low-level threat, but it's very direct, you know. Right, right. There's something really intense about it, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to smash some glass and hot liquid all over your floor. But then you yeah, say that, and, and it's like... That's not well, that bad. He didn't. He didn't take the coffee. The coffee thing and smash it on the wall. He just dropped right. it. He just dropped it. He yeah. just dropped it. It was just you know, it wasn't a fit of anger like like he's really wrecking anything. It's just oops, drop this. But I'm right. I'm threatening you with this. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a weird implication there. Yeah. Now Peter Wells been great. He was he was really pretty much interesting from the beginning with this character and he. Just, yeah. Yeah, he just walks in. I'm telling you, if they don't watch out, this will be the the Liddy show after a while, because he's not taking no for an answer from anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of depressed that he knows so much because I feel mm. like that's basically his death warrant. Yeah, and he just can't last very long, you know. But I, I just, I, he's just a lot of fun to watch. Well, maybe, maybe it'll end up where where he doesn't. He doesn't end up dead, but but the evidence is gone, and since he's an okay. alcoholic, no one will believe what he's saying. Yeah, they could do that. They he's a disgraced that. cop who's an alcoholic, and he's he's obviously got a vendetta against maybe the department or maybe against you know whatever they could say, and yeah. So maybe he'll still be around. That's a but good point. You know, that's not a that's not really a long term solution because he could just continue to be a problem. But, that's true. So they, might, so they might kill him, but. I could see them, but they could bring him back for another season. Yeah, exactly. If they wanted, I mean, you know, pull a pull a pull a bin kind of thing. Or maybe, or maybe he'll they'll find a way to trade the evidence for get him getting reinstated as a cop, and then he'll drop it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, trying to think of the last episode. Anything I also else? like the fact that they finally had a scene with him and Dexter. I felt like yeah. that was, uh, you know, long, long awaited, at least for mm-hmm. me. And, and I think inevitable, of course, you know, I, I, I always like scenes where there's so much asymmetry in what the characters know. Like Dexter has no clue whatsoever, but this guy is a- actively investigating him. Mm-hmm. And that you know he's on the verge of finding out all kinds of stuff about him, and he's already got pictures of him and stuff, and he just sees this guy in the station, and you know, and he actually stops him from you know he catches him, and that's the other part of the asymmetry is he doesn't know he's catching them doing something bad. That's right. That's right. He 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 plays it off just you know I just want a pen and he's gonna afford yeah, a pen I'm gonna the leave, I'm just gonna leave him a note here. I'm just writing my friend a note. <laughs> yeah, that's so it's, it's a weird bit because Quinn just Quinn just hires him you know in this down and out state because he wants help and he doesn't want to necessarily do it himself. Um, he's getting in trouble, you know. Um, but like Liddy picks it up and like he's he's off on his own now. He doesn't need Quinn at all to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like personally invested in the investigation. Well, this and, it, and this is obviously sort of the subtext here is that of course Liddy, you know, he just got fired from being a cop and now he's got a new case. Right. You know, and and he's he's he 
he's just too wrapped up in, in this case. And, of course, once it gets juicy, he's really not going to let it go. Yeah. You know, if it turned out to be, you know, Dexter had some parking tickets, he'd be like, whatever. <laughs> right. But uh, it got really – yeah. So I like the, the idea of this, this sort of down-and-out cop who who just sort of gets this little case thrown to him. And uh, and since he is a down-and-out cop, he, he's – you know, because he's also got, you know, you know, he's got his uh, his ambition as a cop, but he's also got the sort of uh, honor or, you know, his professionalism as a cop to sort of figure right. out what's going on. So he's, he's a pretty complex character for just, you know, the, the, the henchman guy who's doing stuff behind the scenes. And I get the sense that right now this is almost like all he has is like mm-hmm. this this case. Like he's he's just, other than this, yeah, he's just he'd like be drinking. drinking. He, yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think that's, that's to me, why it works, you know, why it's not more, it doesn't feel contrived that he's doing this, you know, uh, because it's like, yeah, he he would just be drinking otherwise. Yeah. You know. You know, setting him up as a corrupt cop anyway gets, gets him a pretty good start in my book, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, Yeah. It's been it's been kind of a season of guest stars, and and they're all kind of doing different things. Mhm. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought we'd get Peter Weller and Johnny Lee Miller. Yeah, that's crazy. On the same season, especially. Yeah, yeah. The, I I'm, I I was surprised when we got John Lithgow last year. Mm-hmm. I thought that was strange, you know, but but they but in his case he was in pretty much every episode and you know he had a lot to do, you know. Whereas like Liddy and Jordan Chase are, in a way, smaller parts. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess Lumen is is probably larger, but even she didn't show up until like the fourth or so episode. Mm-hmm. At least not, you know. Able to speak. Yeah. yeah, you see at the end of the third, I think. Yeah. Something like that. But uh Yeah, yeah. It, you know, anytime they have more guest stars, they each get smaller roles. You know, there's only so much screen time. Yeah. Like look at Officer Manzone, right? Yeah. I think we've seen her in one shot the last two episodes. <laughs> the last two or three episodes, so Yeah. It feels like they're as done with her as they are with the Santa Marte case. Yeah, it's like, okay, so what did they do? It's like, if you look at the, the effects of the Santa Marte case, they introduced Officer Manzone. She got moved up. She's not a detective, right? Yeah. She is a detective. Yeah. Oh, wow. That I believe so. I thought, like, I couldn't tell if she got the detective promotion or if she just got, like, moved up to homicide, but she's not specifically a detective. Because wasn't because you know like Deborah wasn't a detective at first, so she was still working homicide, right? When the show first starts, I think she was working Vice when the show first starts. Oh, she's working Vice. That's right. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think, yeah, so I think Manzone just got made detective. That was my impression. Yeah, that that's a, that makes sense. It was, you know, it was a whole a whole bump or something. So yeah. Uh, so she got made detective. So now she's up there, and Deb ends up reopening the get, – getting the Barrel Girls case reopened and, and finding the vigilante. You know, so that's pretty much the only thing that really happened from from that stuff. 
Yes. Uh, so I, I have to believe that that means Manzone's going to come back into the picture and it'll be important that she's, you know, a homicide detective now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like maybe... Uh, who's uh, Batista's partner? Didn't he have a partner? It was Dokes, wasn't it? Who, didn't he just have a partner? Uh... Was it Dokes? I, I don't I thought, know. I thought I, Dokes was maybe Maria's partner. Oh, before Maria got chief? Yeah. Maybe. Yes, well, I don't know. I, I was just thinking, so, you know, I was thinking either, you know, maybe uh, maybe Manson's going to be Deb's new partner if you want want to work with Quinn anymore, maybe, or something, or they'll pair up or... Yeah. Or Mansona work with Angel. I don't know. I don't know. You know, unless they're going to give someone a new partner, why bring Mansona up there? Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, I kind of thought it didn't matter, but they did it. <laughs> it might not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a hanging thread, so we'll see what happens. It is. It is. I mean, I feel like her character is not that important, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It remains to be seen, you know, what, if anything, they, they do with all that stuff at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I guess because the main plot has seemingly a fair amount of ground to cover. There's only two episodes, and, you know, typically in a Dexter season, um, things reach kind of a peak in, ep- in episode 11 and get resolved in episode 12. So that doesn't seem to me like enough time. I mean, the joint chase thing feels big enough to incorporate all those two episodes. I, I don't know how they're going to fit in the Santa Muerte stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it just feels unnecessary. Well, I mean, it felt that way all season, but extra unnecessary when there's pressing, you know, in the moment danger which is what I'm anticipating. That's usually where they go, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Jordan yeah, Chase but that's the De- Yeah, but that's the Dexter storyline. You still got Deb and Angel to deal, and Queen to deal with stuff. But I feel like they're all on the Barrel Girls case now, so I feel like they're going to be involved in that story as well. Well, but where's the story left to go but to find Jordan, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, they've got to find Alex. Well, they won't find Alex's body. He's just missing. Right. So... But Deb realizes this vigilante. I feel like I feel like they're going to progress on that, and they'll be involved at the end. I mean, obviously they won't be involved with killing Jordan or anything, but I, I think I think that's they're going to be occupied with that. So, but but then you're basically saying everyone's working on the same storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to split it up somehow. I mean, not to say they're going to bring Santa Muerte back in, but I don't know. I just think usually at the end of the season, that's what happens. Like, the focus shifts, and everything converges on the one main plot line. Mm-hmm. Well, there's definitely going to be, yeah. I mean, Deb is definitely going to get closer to figuring out what's going on with, uh, with with Dexter and Lumen and how that relates to Jordan Chase. Yeah, yeah. And the Quinn and Liddy thing has to get resolved. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that ties right back to the main plot line. So yeah, that's sort of what I see. I think if anything about this season, I would say that the 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 supporting cast, the non-Dexter 
supporting cast, um, Angel and Maria, and even Deb and Quinn, um, I feel like they've gotten kind of put in the background this season. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because you know I didn't care as much about their plot lines, but I I just feel like they've they haven't been focused on as much as uh, as previous seasons. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, it sort of makes sense. The show is supposed to be more about Dexter and more from his point of view, but I I think they're even I think they're even more more in the background. Hmm. I'd say definitely Angel and Maria. Uh, I think Deb and Clint had, had their fair share this season. Considering, think you so? know. Yeah, I mean, considering all the Santa Muerte stuff and all those, I mean, in terms of screen time, definitely, yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not remembering other seasons that well or something, but. I, I feel like the Angel Maria kind of thing, they, they they definitely seem to have less stuff going on. You know, they kind of got paired up story-wise, so they kind of don't have a lot. But, uh, but yeah, you know, again, more more guest stars this season. So Right. Uh, that, that takes screen time away. So. It does. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of where that stuff shifted. I, I just I remember a few seasons ago we get like a whole episode almost that was like more focused on Angel, mm-hmm. you know, and that just that really doesn't happen these days. Well, yeah, yeah, he's not gonna get a whole episode, but he got you know the whole I'm a, I'm my wife's honor storyline. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're doing a few things. Angel and Maria get at least one scene per episode where they, you know, fight or make up. Mm-hmm. And then fight again. And then fight again. <laughs> it's all a bit tedious, really. I feel like the marriage just isn't working out. And they should both move on. But what do I know? Well, you're a quitter, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just give it up. Give it up, guys. Oh, that's another thing I meant to mention. You were right um, about... Don't forget to mention when I'm right. Come on. Yeah, sorry. I apologize. Uh, The the club shootout, Angel Mm -hmm. supporting Deborah, uh, Mm -hmm. did not matter at all except for, Mm -hmm. you know... Deborah and Angel's relationship, uh, friendship, yeah. um, because they just believe Maria's story. It's on the record, but that's it. Oh, that's, I love how not only did it not matter, but he specifically said it didn't matter. Yeah, right. It was, I mean, it was almost exactly what you said on the podcast, so yeah, I have to throw it like out there. I, I, it's almost like I wrote that episode, um, Yeah, but I didn't, because... They didn't pay me for it. I don't have the check to prove it. So. Oh, okay. I do. Okay. <laughs> you did and not use a right, so. pseudonym or something. Okay. No. Okay. My name is not Chip Joe Yonkin. <laughs> okay. Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. Johansson, I think. Oh, oh okay. 
simple pronunciation. A little bit. It's trying to do the more Nordic way, the more yeah. Norwegian. I see. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, this season's been 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 fairly okay. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to compete with last season, I think, for a lot of reasons. But um, it's still, you know, I never really got that bored. Uh, some of the stuff in the beginning was a little, uh, but it picked up, you know, like every Dexter episode, pretty much uh, season, pretty much picked up in the middle, and it's it's generally pretty good till the very end. So yeah, it's been it's been pretty uh, consistent with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's been there's been two episodes I thought were really good. A lot of good moments. I liked where it started, and then I liked some of the buildup. And in general, I'm happy about where the show is right now. Uh, it's yeah. I just think, you know, but it's it's a little unfair because it's not quite over yet. And depending on what they do with the last two episodes, I feel like it stands a chance of. I doubt it's going to compete with season four for the ending. But I think it can compete with season four for sort of everything before that, mm-hmm. depending on how they, you know, how they handle the final bit. Because I think that's, to me, that's the thing that makes season four so memorable. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it has a fantastic ending, and no question about that. Yeah. So... um I, I don't think they can outdo that. I don't think there's any way they will. Yeah, I can't imagine they will. It'll just be... I, I think it's just going to be a wrap-up ending. Yeah, yeah. And I, the thing I'm really dreading is the whole, you know, well, you know, I learned some things and some things happened and blah, 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 dark passenger, blah, 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 Harry... But now everything's back to normal and mm-hmm. and and end of season and we can just start from square one next season. You know, a kind of season two, season three esque ending. Mm-hmm. That's I really don't want that, but I'm kind of expecting it. So what do you think? Lumen Lumen dies or she goes home at the end of the season? <sighs> Right now, I'm leaning towards Lumen goes home. Mm-hmm. Lumen decides she wants to leave this stuff behind her. She's not. Well, it'll be pretty easy when it's all wrapped up and taken care of. Right. So she, she, she should be able to go. <laughs> yes, yes. But I mean, she doesn't want to like stay with Dexter. She she doesn't just want to kill people who are bad. She specifically wanted revenge on people who mm-hmm. hurt her. Yeah. That's that's where I see it right now. I think there's a chance that she dies, but right now I don't think they're gonna kill her. What do you have? Yeah, that? I, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think they're gonna kill her at all. I think it's it's a little too much to kill her after they killed Rita, and so it's just that's just a little too much. I think. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, how is Dexter gonna start next season? Two of the women he grew close to, the, the the most recent, most recently. Just got killed by the guys that he that he was after. It's just like a little bit too much, I think. You're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's that's more reason to think she won't die. Mm-hmm. You think Jordan dies? Yes. Jordan dies. Okay. I definitely think Jordan dies. He doesn't somehow get away. 
No. Okay. No. I, I, I'll say this. If, if Jordan doesn't die, I will be extremely surprised. I, I, would, put it, I would put it 99% Jordan dies. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think he might not die? Um, I think he'll die, but, you know, I'm not 99% sure. Okay. I, I'm um, so confident. Every season ends with the villain dying. I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, the pattern is too, is too consistent. Until they change the pattern. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, that's why I would be shocked. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes sense if he dies. That's, that's what should happen. Now, what about Liddy? I guess you like offered said, uh, earlier a couple of paths where he could actually live. Yeah, I could see him living or dying. I think uh, he's a tertiary character, so it, it, he, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think, I don't know. Somehow I feel like he gets away. I, I think they'll just deal with the evidence maybe or, or something, and uh, and he's just sort of not a threat anymore. Okay. I kind of don't want him to die, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, partially just because I like the character, but also, you know, he's not a he's not an evil mastermind like Jordan Chase is. So, you know, I I just don't feel the compulsion that he needs to die for what see, he's I doing. I just don't see Dexter killing Liddy. I, I don't I either. Like I feel like he's got too too much going on and too much catch up to do to even get to the place to realize he needs to kill Liddy. So maybe. Maybe it'll be something where Quinn kills Liddy or gets him out of the picture. Yeah. Quinn, because next episode, Quinn has got to learn that Liddy used his signature to requisition cameras. That's but, true. Yeah. So he's going to learn that, and he's going he's gonna to find out that Liddy's still pursuing Dexter, and then he's going to track him down, and then Liddy yeah. will find what, what evidence he has, and then... Quinn uh, has already openly threatened him. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 at that they're at that stage already. So that, I think that makes sense. That thing's escalating. That's probably got to come to something. Yeah. So that's a good that's a good alternative thing. I I do I put the chances at about fifty percent. Liddy dies. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible, but not necessarily. What do you think of the chances that he that he doesn't die? <laughs> What percent? Forty-two percent. Oh, okay. Well, what's that eight eight percent that's missing? <laughs> like you're unsure, or is that yeah. undecided, or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, status unknown. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to assume that the other percent was just fifty because uh, you never know. Yeah, no, that was a good a good thing not to assume. Um, you know what they say when you don't assume? What? It's a good thing. You just said it. Oh, okay. Wow. I didn't think what they say is what I said. Yeah. Aren't you they? No, I'm not they. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) How would you know? Is a they everyone's been talking about this whole time? That's me? Anytime they do something, it's you. You know what they say. That's me? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it sounds like the beginning of a weird story. This guy realizes, wait a minute. 
I'm they. Every, yeah, I'm they? The powers that be is me? What? <laughs> um, do you, what do you think the chances Dexter's going to die? Zero. Okay. What do you think the chances he's going to live? <laughs> 99. <laughs> nice. Um... <laughs> Uh, who else? Um, who else might be on the chopping block? Anybody else? I don't think so. Um, okay. I guess Manzone could die since I don't really Aww. know what she's doing. Manzone, what are you doing besides <laughs> making life horrible for Deb? Yeah. I don't necessarily want her to die, but she seems expendable. Mm-hmm. You know she is. You know she's the the the, the uh, you know the cornerstone of the whole Santa Muerte case. Yeah. So if it's going to come back, I feel like she's got to be involved with it. So maybe the fact that she's upstairs now, she's up with homicide. Maybe that'll, you know, you know maybe she'll feel guilty about what she did with Deb, and they'll come. She'll come to her next episode and and says and say that she. I mean, this will really mess with the storyline, but, you know, something like she tracked down the last guy or something or, mm-hmm. you know. I just feel like they need one more thing with the Santa Marta. They need to put that to bed. I don't think they really did a good job with that. It yeah. It feels like it's still hanging out there to me. Oh, well, I agree. I agree. I mean, they do have one of the brothers still at large, so it's not exactly closed. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think also, uh, as you pointed out, I think off the podcast, although you might have said it on the podcast too, that uh, it would be nice of them to actually explain why the Sansa Muerte stuff. Yeah. You know, where did that come from? Why did they do that? Because as it stands now, it seems like there really isn't an explanation. They just did it for show or something to intimidate people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty weird. It's really weird. I guess especially because in previous seasons, like, the the details of a serial killer's method were focused on so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they show that, you really expect that to matter. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't think much real... The only thing that helps them with the details of the killing was the beheadings, they knew it was a machete... Mm-hmm. The Santa Muerte ornaments and, and paraphernalia, they tracked that to the store. Right. And then then they got a partial cigar or something, or that, that whole cigar thing. Oh, yeah, out, yeah, something yeah. Something like that. And, but it all was just to lead them to the club, you know, yeah. which she just happened to see a picture of and goes, oh, okay, the tattoo is from the club, uh, is a stamp from the club, and that leads into the club, and... Right. It's a very long, convoluted sequence of events. Yeah, it is. Just to get Deb in a file room <laughs> for for half a day. <laughs> to pick up the first file she sees. <laughs> to and the first file she sees. And, yeah. Discover something important. I just wish it was something simple like when she comes down there and she's talking to the filing clerk lady and... The lady goes, okay, let me get you to work. Here's all the new, here's all the recent cases that need filing. Mm-hmm. And what's what's one of the most recent cases? The one they just worked on. So it'd be on top. I'm fine with that. 
I'm fine with that. You know, it's just a little attention to detail that makes some of that stuff work a little bit better. And yeah. not, it's just sitting on the file cabinet's the first thing she sees. And, right. You know. Yeah. Whatever. Then it feels even more contrived than it already mm-hmm. is. Yeah. It's like, make the effort, guys. Come on. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, I just did it. You just did it. <laughs> How hard can it be? How hard can it be? Well, hopefully they're listening and they can uh, make well, adjustments. I assume the 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 writers of of Dexter listen to this podcast. Yeah, so I I've always assumed that. Yeah, how else will they know when they're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ouch. <laughs> Podcaster has claws. Indeed. Um. All right. Well, anything else? Uh. Make sure I don't miss anything. No, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right, well, until next time, we'll be back with the last two episodes of Season 5, and um, hopefully they're awesome. <laughs> I'm excited for them. I, those, you know, particularly the one before the last one is usually yeah. really good. Yeah, totally. So I'm uh, I'm ready for it. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next podcast. See you later.